Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Little girl's frock. One lady drops her handkerchief. A gentleman picks it up. She blushes. The women in the choir turn softly the leaves of their tune books to be ready when the praying is done. It is as though they thought more of the singing than the everlasting father. Oh, would it not be more worship of him to sit alone in the Karoo and kiss one little purple flower that he had made? Is it not mockery? Then the thought comes, What dost thou here, Elijah? We who judge, what are we? Better than they? Rather worse. Is it any excuse to say, I am but a child and must come? Does God allow any soul to step in between the spirit he made and himself? What do we there in that place, where all the words are lies against the All-Father? Filled with horror, we turn and flee out of the place. On the pavement we smite our foot, and swear in our child's soul never again to enter those places where men come to sing and pray. We are questioned afterwards. Why was it we went out of the church? How can we explain? We stand silent. Then we are pressed further, and we try to tell. Then a head is shaken solemnly at us. No one can think it wrong to go to the house of the Lord. It is the idle excuse of a wicked boy. When will we think seriously of our souls and love going to church? We are wicked, very wicked. And we? We slink away and go alone to cry. Will it be always so? Whether we hate and doubt, or whether we believe and love, to our dearest are we to seem always wicked? We do not yet know that in the soul's search for truth the bitterness lies here. The striving cannot always hide itself among the thoughts. Sooner or later it will clothe itself in outward action. Then it steps in and divides between the soul and what it loves. All things on earth have their price and for truth we pay the dearest. We barter it for love and sympathy. The road to honour is paved with thorns, but on the path to truth at every step you set your foot down on your own heart. Section 6 Then, at last, a new time, a time of waking, short, sharp, and not pleasant, as wakings often are. Sleep and dreams exist on this condition, that no one wake the dreamer. And now life takes us up between her finger and thumb, shakes us furiously till our poor nodding head is well nigh rolled from our shoulders, and she sets us down a little hardly on the bare earth, bruised and sore, but preternaturally wide awake. We have said in our days of dreaming, injustice and wrong are a seeming, pain is a shadow. 
our God, he is real. He who made all things, and he only, is love. Now life takes us by the neck and shows us a few other things. New-made graves with the red sand flying about them. Eyes that we love with the worms eating them. E evil men walking sleek and fat. The whole terrible hurly-burly of the thing called life. And she says, what do you think of these? We dare not say nothing. We feel them. They are very real. But we try to lay our hands about and feel that other thing we felt before. In the dark night in the fuel room, we cry to our beloved dream god, Oh, let us come near you and lay our head against your feet. Now, in our hour of need, be near us. But he is not there. He's gone away. The old questioning devil is there. We must have been awakened sooner or later. The imagination cannot always triumph over reality, the desire over truth. We must have been awakened. If it was done a little sharply, what matter? It was done thoroughly, and it had to be done. Section 7 And a new life begins for us. A new time. A life as cold as that of a man who sits on the pinnacle of an iceberg and sees the glittering crystals all about him. The old looks indeed like a long, hot delirium, peopled with fantasies. The new is cold enough. Now we have no God. We have had, too, the old God that our fathers handed down to us, that we hated and never liked, the new one that we made for ourselves, that we loved, but now he has flitted away from us, and we see what he was made of, the shadow of our highest ideal, crowned and throned. Now we have no God. The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. It may be so. Most things said or written have been the work of fools. This thing is certain. He is a fool who says, No man hath said in his heart, There is no God. It has been said many thousand times in hearts with profound bitterness of earnest faith. We do not cry and weep. We sit down with cold eyes and look at the world. We are not miserable. Why should we be? We eat and drink and sleep all night, but the dead are not colder. And we say it slowly, but without sighing. Yes, we see it now. There is no God. And we add, growing a little colder yet, there is no justice. The ox dies in the yoke beneath its master's whip. It turns its anguished-filled eyes on the sunlight, but there is no sign of recompense to be made it. The black man is shot like a dog, and it goes well with the shooter. The innocent are accused, and the accuser triumphs. If you will take the trouble to scratch the surface anywhere, you will see under the skin a sentient being writhing in impotent anguish. And, we say further, and our heart is as the heart of the dead for coldness, there is no order. All things are driven about by a blind chance. What a soul drinks in with its mother's milk will not leave it in a day. From our earliest hour we have been taught that the thought of the heart, the shaping of the rain-cloud, the amount of wool that grows on a sheep's back, the length of a drought and the growing of the corn, depend on nothing that moves immutable at the heart of all things, but on the changeable will of a changeable being, whom our prayers can alter. To us, from the beginning, nature has been but a poor plastic thing, to be toyed with this way or that, as man happens to please his deity or not, to go to church or not, to say his prayers right or not, 
to travel on a Sunday or not. Was it possible for us in an instant to see nature as she is, the flowing vestment of an unchanging reality? When a soul breaks free from the arms of a superstition, bits of the claws and talons break themselves off in him. It is not the work of a day to squeeze them out. And so for us the human-like driver and guide being gone, all existence, as we look out at it with our chilled, wandering eyes, is an aimless rise and swell of shifting waters. In all that weltering chaos we can see no spot so large as a man's hand on which we may plant our foot. Whether a man believes in a human-like God or no is a small thing. Whether he looks into the mental and physical world and sees no relation between cause and effect, no order but a blind chance sporting, this is the mightiest fact that can be recorded in any spiritual existence. It were almost a mercy to cut his throat, if indeed he does not do it for himself. We, however, do not cut our throats. To do so would imply some desire and feeling, and we have no desire and no feeling. We are only cold. We do not wish to live, and we do not wish to die. One day a snake curls itself round the waist of a Kaffir woman. We take it in our hand, swing it round and round, and fling it on the ground, dead. Everyone looks at us with eyes of admiration. We almost laugh. Is it wonderful to risk that for which we care nothing? In truth, nothing matters. This dirty little world, full of confusion, and the blue rag stretched overhead for a sky, is so low we could touch it with our hand. Existence is a great pot and the old fate who stirs it round cares nothing what rises to the top and what goes down, and laughs when the bubbles burst. And we do not care. Let it boil about. Why should we trouble ourselves? Nevertheless, the physical sensations are real. Hunger hurts, and thirst. Therefore we eat and drink. Inaction pains us, therefore we work like galley-slaves. No one demands it, but we set ourselves to build a great dam in red sand beyond the graves. In the grey dawn, before the sheep are let out, we work at it. All day, while 